So Chuck is uh, here today, but Chuck is not here today. And you will find out exactly what that means as we move to the sermon. And uh, if there are kids here, they can be dismissed right now to the Sunday school room. But uh, here we go. Here I am. <laughs> okay, so welcome everyone. Live or live stream. Whether you're here live or live stream. Actually, the only one live here is Rob. And Rob. Rob is the only brave one. He's wearing a hazmat suit uh, just to be safe. <laughs> just kidding. I've been cleared by the doctors. I'm good to go. But just to be safe, I, I, we were going to try to have me preach behind a, a, a big green curtain like Wizard of Oz, but we couldn't quite pull that off. So we decided just to make everybody feel more comfortable, I would uh, do, we re-record this and Rob put it on the hazmat suit and we're good to, I'm kidding, he's, he's brave, he's good, he's good to go. But uh, I want to say first of all, thanks to my twin Sean for preaching last week, my twin. And I also want to say goodbye to the McBrides. They won't be here, uh, but, but because they're getting ready to move on December 7th. That's right, Pearl Harbor Day they picked. Paul is the, ever the historian picks Pearl Harbor Day to go. Uh, they're moving to North Carolina to be near, be near uh, daughters and grandchildren, and we're so excited for them. But, boy, it's hard to believe they won't be here anymore. Uh, they've been here from the start. Paul and Beth have been here from the start. They've been involved in every ministry. It's crazy, the ministries they've been involved in and the groups they've been part of and the friendships. You know, you know, we are so many, so many of us are very, very good friends with them, and we're going to miss them for sure. And also, they had a huge impact the first year when there was a sneak attack on our church internally. God, they, God used the, Paul and Beth to, to expose that and really save our church church so god has used them in a powerful way we're going to miss them and uh, so we'll be praying for you guys paul and beth definitely be praying for you guys now uh i once again i was thinking about coming and preaching live but cooler heads prevailed uh, kim and rob and uh so but the doctor has cleared me so i will definitely be back next sunday lord willing i will definitely be back next week and the whole wilson clan should be back good to go uh, today we're going to be preparing for communion communion and to do that turn in your bibles to page 919 we're in the book of acts acts chapter 12 919 if you need a bible be our guest take it home with you the green bible's there on the way in or on the way out help yourself to them and also there's lots of books available we are in the book of acts living in victory living in victory no matter what no matter what how do we live in that victory through faith in jesus christ and by the power of the holy spirit and we had a chance to put this into practice this week i know our family did not many families can achieve herd immunity in one week but the wilson family did it <laughs> except for andrew We're waiting for one holdout andrew but uh, that he's a stubborn kid but i have to be careful how i word this or you know who will do you know what to this this sermon but in one week we went from two out of 21 in our immediate family and grandchildren two out of tw- Two out of 21 to 18 out of 21. That's right, having immunity. Uh, so two out of 21 to 18 out of 20, 18 out of 21 in one week, getting our immunity. 
thank you for praying for us. Really appreciate that. Thanks for praying. Uh, also, thanks for praying for Zeke, who's doing great. He got his, his, his uh, sense of smell and taste back again, which he needed. Thanks for praying for Joy. Uh, she's getting doing a little better there. Also, Brad doing well, Gwen doing well, and we know prayer, lots of people, it's been a crazy week, a couple of weeks, but thanks for praying. Prayer is a big reason. I know for our family having the mild symptoms, uh, we really appreciate all the prayer, many, many people praying, uh, lots of prayer, and that, and also taking... I've got a secret that I can't tell you, but uh, if you want to know more about that, you can talk to me offline. But uh, I can't say it on the video. But anyway, lots of prayer. I'm having fun with this one, right? Lots of prayer. We're going to see a wild prayer story in the book of Acts today. I couldn't wait to preach this one, even though maybe another day I would have taken the week off, but I couldn't wait to preach this one because the title is We Pray... God answers, and we're shocked. You heard that right. We pray, God answers, we're shocked. Acts 12, 1 through 19. Let's start with prayer. Father, we thank you for uh, bringing us all through many challenges this week. Last couple weeks, we thank you for that. Just, Just pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us now and open our eyes and prepare us for communion, not just today, but every day, communing with you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Acts 12, 1 to 19. Here we go. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. When he saw this please the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that that what the angel was doing was really happening. He, He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed through the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of the one street, suddenly the angel left him. Wow, what a story. Then... Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. Once again, Jewish people talking about the the Jewish religious authorities against Jesus. Not Jewish people. Peter was Jewish. The apostles were Jewish. He's not talking about Jewish people per se. This is a term that was used for the religious leaders against Jesus. Verse 12 When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark. So this is John Mark, the Gospel of Mark. 
where many people had gathered and were praying, Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she, it's crazy, isn't it? When she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet, and he described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the brothers about this, he said, and then he left for another place. The James he's talking about here is not the apostle James. He's talking about the brother of Jesus, James, Jesus' half-brother. Mary had many children. Mary and Joseph had many children after uh, Jesus was born. And, but uh, James did not believe in Jesus until after the resurrection, at his brother. At, at that point, he became a leader in the church in Jerusalem. Okay. Um, verse 18, in the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. And Herod had a thorough search made for them and did not find them. He cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. Wow. Wow, we'll talk about that more next week. We're going to see that next week. So first we see that the Apostle James is killed by Herod. The Apostle James killed by Herod. We're going to hit on that next week, really focus on that next week. James is the first apostle to be martyred, the first of the 12 to be martyred, but he won't be the last, will he? Oh, no. Oh, no. Then they come to, Then we come to Peter's prayer break which is jailbreak number two. Remember, in Acts 5, we saw jailbreak number one, miraculous escape. This time we see another one, uh, jailbreak number two. There is no prison that can hold us. There is no prison that can hold us when God says it's time to go. There is no sickness that can keep us. There is no trial that can hold us in its power when God says, let go. And until it's God's time, until it's God's time, we aren't going anywhere. Only God knows the right time, the fulfillment of his time. But let's let, I really want to focus on verses 12 to 17, which are just unbelievable, almost comical. To read it, we have to laugh and cry at the same time. It's, it's crazy. Verse 12, when he had said, when, when this had dawned on him, here's Peter got out, right? When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda, we have a Rhoda at our church, all right. Uh, Rhoda came to answer the door when she recognized Peter's voice. She was so overjoyed. She ran back without opening it and said and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind. They told her when she kept insisting that it was so they said it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned them with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. 
tell James and the brothers about this, he said, and then he left for another place. So this is hard to believe, isn't it? I mean, isn't this hard to believe? They are earnestly, we saw earlier, they are earnestly praying for Peter. He shows up, and now they won't open the door. I mean, that is, that's crazy. They think it's his angel. That's like saying, it must be his ghost. It's like seeing a ghost. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had that happen where you, you saw someone, and it was just so out of context, you just... You, your mind couldn't grasp it. That is what has happened to these these uh, <coughs> to these believers. Uh, <coughs> there, I, I remember uh, recently this last summer I had a college beach reunion uh, with my college friends, and some of them were able to make it, and we had a great time. Bill Doms came, and Bill Stout, and Todd Young, but uh, a couple of Toms couldn't make it. Tom Klanerman said he couldn't make it. I was disappointed. I thought, man, I wish Tom could come. That would have been great. Uh, a lot of you know Tom Klanerman. He and his wife Sandy come to church sometimes when they're up visiting, and so a lot of you have met them. Really, really good friends. He's from Rochester, so we used to ride back and forth to college also. And I, he said he couldn't make it. So we're all at the beach with my other friends, and we're all hanging out talking. And all of a sudden, this guy walks up the beach, out to the beach to us. Comes walking out when I'm talking to Bill and uh, Bill and Bill and Todd. And we're all talking, and I see this guy walking up. He keeps getting closer and closer, but I'm, I'm still just talking to my friends. And he gets up really close, and he said something like, hey, how are you guys doing? I'm like... Uh, good. And, and I know this guy. The guy walked up to the beach. I know him somehow. I, I, I Somehow I know him, but I just can't grasp who this is. But I'm talk, I talk to him because I want to be friendly. But I'm just like, somehow. And finally, it dawned on me, it was Tom Klanderman. He surprised me. He, d- he decided to make it after all. He flew in or something, got, somehow got there. And But I didn't, I know Tom really well. But my mind could not grasp that it was him because he wasn't supposed to be there. And, and I know that sounds crazy, but I could not grasp that it was Tom. And, and I was so excited. We were all so excited. We had a great time seeing each other. Just so exciting. But, but that is what happened to these believers, that they just couldn't grasp that, that Peter could be there because he wasn't supposed to be there. But the really crazy part, and this is even crazier, is that they were praying. They were praying that God would deliver Peter, and then they were shocked when God answered them. How could they be so spiritually thick, right? So spiritually thick. That could never happen to us. We pray for something God answers, and we don't even get that he answered it. That could never happen to us because we're so much more spiritually mature, right? Right? True confessions, true confessions. Uh, some of you have heard this story before. When, when jo- little, our little Josh, Josh, and he's not little anymore, but when he was a baby, he was born, and he, and he, and he started developing hydrocephalitis. His head was starting to get too big. It's still too big sometimes, I think. But, uh, but for different reasons, it's too big now. But anyway, uh, his head was getting too big. 
went to this doctor, sent us to a specialist. He said, we're going to have to do all these special tests because he's obviously has hydrocephalitis. He's got water on the brain. We're going to have to put a shunt in and drain it and, and figure out how to solve this problem. And we were really upset because it was, you know, scary, a little baby with, with a water on the brain. And so we had the elders come and pray over him, and they came and prayed. I remember them praying. And at, that night, Kim and I were, you know, talking about, talking and praying and talking about it. And she said, he's going to be healed. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, God's just telling me that Josh is going to be healed. I go, well, I sure hope you're right. Because I didn't have that lady. I just was hoping. And, and she goes, no, she's going to be healed. I go, oh, I sure hope you're right. I sure hope you're right. And forgot about it. All right. Uh, and so th- we go to the doctor the next day and they do the tests and he calls us in and he said, sit down. I want to tell you what happened. Your son is a genius. <laughs> we're like, what do you mean? He goes, he's just got a big head. He has no water on the brain. And we're like, oh, why? He goes, no, he goes, he goes, seriously, the, here he showed us the pictures. Here are the spots where there are gaps where the water was, but there's no more water now. It's all gone. Now he's just got gaps, and as he grows, his head will stop being big, and he'll just grow into it. And uh, you know, but he goes, "There's no water in the brain. He's, he's, he's. There's nothing there." Now uh, you can see that we could see this, the little balloon spots where there should have been water. Nothing there. And uh, I just remember like being like shocked. Didn't know what to say. Well, thank you, doctor. And Kim was like, thank you. And we get into the car. And I don't know if we sat down in the car. We get Josh buckled in. And I I said to Kim, I go, what happened? What do you think happened? What's going on here? And she said, he was healed. Josh has been healed. I told you. I always listen to your wife. Right, uh, and and that's exactly what happened. God had healed him, but it's you would think that's crazy. I cu- I couldn't even see it or realize it until after the fact. Crazy, isn't it? How about a few of you have stories like that? That, but that's why I don't judge these Christians praying in Acts 12 because I understand. But it really is crazy, isn't it? Why? Are we praying in the first place? If we're praying in faith, we shouldn't be surprised when a prayer is answered, right? If we're praying in faith, we shouldn't be shocked when a prayer is answered. We should be surprised when the prayer isn't answered. That should surprise us. That tells us we're really praying in faith when we're surprised it's not answered. Although, really, every prayer is answered, isn't it? Every single prayer is answered. Answered. Yes. No. Or maybe. No, not maybe. God never says maybe. Yes. No. Or wait. Right? It's never maybe. Never maybe. It's yes. Yes. No. Or wait. It's not right. It's not my time yet. Our are you shocked? Are you shocked when God answers your prayers? 
Does it catch you off guard? Maybe you need to start focusing and praying in faith and keeping, we need to keep our eyes open. Maybe we need to pray differently, keeping our eyes open in faith. Are you upset when your prayers are not answered? They always are. They're always answered. It could be yes. It could be no. God says, that I have a reason for saying no, but it's going to be no. Or it could be wait. It could be wait. It's not God's timing yet. Uh, a friend of mine, Dan, Dan Semko, had a great, great illustration. I'm, I always remember it when I talk about prayer on this. It, it's, it's called No Slow, Grow, or Go. And, and he said, he, I'll never forget, he said, if the request is wrong, God says no. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. If you are wrong, God says grow. I'm going to say that again. If the request is wrong, God says no. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. If you are wrong, God says grow. But now get this though. But if the request is right and the timing is right and you are right, God says go. Go. I love that. No, slow, grow, or go. But God does answer every prayer. Every prayer. Communion. As we come to communion now, and how we celebrate communion, we, we have, uh, you're going to have the little cups to open. If you didn't get those yet, Todd will give you a chance to get those during the worship. But we have the little cups with the wafer and the, the, the grape juice inside of it. And, and we give people time to pray about it and, 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 and wrestle through things. And we, uh, we, the, the, it represents the body of Christ. The, the wafer represents the body of Christ that Jesus gave on the cross in our place. And then the juice represents the blood of Jesus Christ. Which, uh, which he shed on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have a relationship with God, his Father, uh, through, by putting our faith in him. And what we do is when, if you're ready, it, it, there's no pressure on anybody to take communion. It's between you and God. But if you're ready, at the right time, we're going to have the Lord's Prayer. But there's two reasons why you shouldn't take it. Number one, if you haven't put your faith in Jesus yet, then, then wait, then wait. But you can do that right now. I'm going to have prayer in just a moment. You can put your faith in Jesus right now and give your life to Jesus. Or if there's something in our life that God says you need to surrender it and you're, you're not willing to surrender it, it if you say you got something locked away behind the door, you know, behind the curtain, then, then wait. But once again, open the curtain, open the door. Say, God, I surrender. I repent. I surrender. Whatever it is, whatever God's convicting us of, release it. But, but important that we don't take communion in an unworthy way. But that's how we celebrate communion. But what I want to stress with communion is this communion is really a picture of prayer. We can commune. We can connect to God the Father anytime through his son, Jesus Christ. We can come to him anytime. You see... We have a relationship. Once we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we have a relationship. That's what prayer is. Prayer isn't this, you know, 
put the penny in the gumball machine and pop out the gumball, the, 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 the gumball prayer. A lot of people think of prayer that way. Put the penny in, pop out the... It, prayer is a relationship. It's an ongoing discussion. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's like being with your, your parent and, and say, hey, could I have this? And can you do this? And, and they say, yeah, but not yet. You're not old enough. Or yes, you can. Or, or no, that's not going to be good for you. You know, it's, it, it's, it's an ongoing relationship. That's what communion is. And that's what prayer is. They're really the same thing. And and when we are in communion with God, we're in a close contact with Him. With Him, we're always going to get that answer. There's we're going to hear His answer. We're going to. It's a constant process as we talk to Him and and commune with Him. As those who are already Christians today, are we communing in faith? Do we see it as a relationship, not not God as a genie in a bottle, but He's our Father? Our loving Father, and we're in a close relationship, and we trust His answers. We know, no matter what answer He gives us, it's for our best, and we trust in that. And and maybe you're here today, and you're not a Christian yet. You've never put your faith in Him. You can't commune with Him yet, but you can. Starting right this very moment, you can do it. You can put your faith in Jesus now. You can have a relationship with him right now. There's no religious ritual or rites or anything you have to do. You can have a relationship with God by putting your faith in Jesus, who died on the cross in our place, gave his body, gave his blood, took our sin upon him to knock down the wall. That, that was between us and God, knock down, knocking down that wall and making a way for us to become children of God. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever believed in Jesus? given your life to him, put your trust in him. Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, preparing for communion, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to our heart? Maybe you are hearing this right now and you have never put your faith in Jesus. You've never given your life to him, but the Holy Spirit is drawing you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can put your faith in Jesus right now. The simple but powerful prayer of faith. God, I repent of my sin I turn away from my old life. I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. I want to be your child from now till all of eternity. 
if you have prayed that prayer of faith and given your life to Jesus Christ, something amazing has happened to you. Your life will never be the same. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you and has created you, transformed you into a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I want to encourage you to tell somebody, whether you have a family member or a friend or someone here you know or somebody at work or a Christian somewhere or tell me on the way out or if I'm not here this week, you know, let me know any way you can. Let me know. But tell someone because we want to encourage you and be excited for you because something has happened. You can now commune with God. You are now connected in a way you never thought possible. You're going to hear God speak to you. When you open God's word, it's going to be on fire to you. You're a new creation in Jesus Christ. Your life will never be the same. For those of us who are Christians, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us for this communion time? Are we praying with faith? expectantly or are we shocked when God answers are we coming in faith and coming in a relationship and are we trusting his best are we trusting his answers if we, if it's not yes if it's a, a no or a grow are we are we are we trusting his answers in our communion with God Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would pour out in a special way on this communion time. In Jesus' name, amen.